Welcome back. Welcome back, Bounce Back Nation. This is your girl, Deanna J. Speaks. I am excited, as always, to have an amazing guest for you all today. Uh, as you know, we talk about the intersection of resilience and life. And so today we are talking about the intersection of resilience and forgiveness. And I want to welcome Miss McDalia. I just love your name. Thank Can you. I just say that? I just love your name. <laughs> um, just welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Listen, you guys, her bio is amazing just because she's amazing. She's a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh and she holds a terminal degree in counseling psychology. We could pause there. We won't, but we could. Uh, she is the program developer and director of the Division of Behavioral Health's Clubhouse Day Treatment Program. She's also the clinical supervisor at the Department of Health, the Division of Behavioral Health in St. Croix, United States Virgin Islands. My God, we could pause there too, but we won't. She has served as the coordinator of the St. Croix Trauma Learning Community and has had over 25 years of experience in shaping the behaviors of diverse populations. Then to add the cream to the already popping cake that is Mrs. Oh, Dr. McDalia, she's also an international speaker, a creative life strategist, thought leader, spiritual teacher, and forgiveness education facilitator and coach. Then the cherry on top is that she is a published author who is the founder of Green Brains Innovations, which is a personal development organization. Then she, see, she sings, she speaks, she's a retreat facilitator. She's developed a variety of seminars. And <laughs> one of those that she's developed is the Forgiveness Feast. And we'll touch on that a bit today, but I just wanna welcome Dr. McDalia. Thank you so much for gracing my audience and myself with your presence on today. Thank um, you. Deanna, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And um, I just appreciate the opportunity to share on this topic. It's really a passion project for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, we talked a little bit before about how this kind of came together. And I wonder if you can share a little bit of that with my audience around your thoughts around the value of forgiveness, because even that is such a critical space. And then how it came to be the forgiveness piece and just talking about what that all entails. Would you mind talking about that a bit? Yeah, so my work in forgiveness started many years ago um, when I was in graduate school, actually, and I started working with people who seemed to be stuck in painful stories, no matter how hard we worked, um, mm -hmm. they were just stuck there. And um, as a student, obviously, you know, we're more uh, focused on kind of digging and trying to prove ourselves. And so um, at that time, I began to notice that part of the stuckness mm. um, was around uh, the painful stories that that they had experienced and what they were hoping to do through the work that I was doing with them was to go back in time and have mm -hmm. a new story. And that of course wasn't possible. And so I just realized that 
uh, the, the greatest thing that we could do to really try to get these place, these people from a place of, uh, being tethered to these painful stories was to begin to look at forgiveness. And so I started mm. very gradually, uh, in that space and it has really grown from there. And, and then on a more personal level, I was confronted with some massive issues in my own life around divorce mm. that really put me front and center with um, having to learn how to deal with the, the pain of really negotiating those situations and forgiveness was, was really what saved me. And I realized yeah. how powerful it was. And so, um, I continue to do many things around forgiveness. The forgiveness feast, of course, as you mentioned earlier, is one of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that particular work. So there are many pieces of it. There's a forgiveness piece. Um, uh, I mean, the, the forgiveness feast, there's the, um, the 490 initiative, which is around, uh, it's a more spiritual portion that is around 70 times seven, because that's sort okay. of the mathematical equation about, yeah. you know, forgiving in the Bible. So there's the art of forgiveness. There's the if project, there's the forgiveness piece. There's for couples, there's, um, um, hitched, uh, discovering the shape of your forgiveness bond. Uh, there's so mm. many um, parts to it. There's work wise for the workplace, bringing simple wisdom to the workplace. And so there are a lot of pieces of because forgiveness touches every facet of really think about it. And so um, the forgiveness feast really was an opportunity to um, bring together uh, a small group to feast on forgiveness, to really look at it, to talk about it, not necessarily to dig too deeply into your personal issues, but really to talk about where your relationship stood with forgiveness, what you thought mm. about it and yeah. the, the position of it in, in your life. And so um, what we did instead of fasting at the beginning of this year is that, you know, a small group of us came together, we broke bread, and it was what I called a forgiving meal, which was very simple. <laughs> yeah. uh, we we had soup and uh, homemade soup, we had salad, homemade salad dressing, homemade bread, uh, we had water. Uh, and for dessert, we had apples and tangerines, you couldn't get more simple than that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't about the food, it was really about uh, the fellowship around forgiveness. And so um, I was blessed to be in the space with women who were very forthright about um, their, their, their initial stories around forgiveness. And we really had the opportunity to get a deeper understanding of who we were uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in the forgiving space. And so once we had that initial contact, then the feast continued. It was a seven course meal that was pretty long, but it was a seven course meal where everyone every week got a little bit more uh, nourishment about forgiveness and was supposed to have conversations with other people um, about forgiveness. And so it was a great opportunity though, for us to stay connected during that time, just yeah. to kind of see where we stood with it and how we could sort of plant little seeds of forgiveness around us. See, and one of the things that you talked about was engaging with someone that was in a place of feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if you can speak to how can operating in forgiveness aid in someone's resilience journey? How can mm -hmm. they get unstuck utilizing forgiveness? Yeah. So, you know, um, 
the the truth is that um we all sustain wounds in our lives um, yeah. can't get away from it um and the the challenge around that Deanna is that um oftentimes instead of really coming up with ways to um address our wounds we stay in the space of rehearsing the story and yeah. so as we rehearse the story the painful story we begin to get what i call a wound identity right mm. and so that identity begins to do um things to the way that we um center our minds around who we are, how we're going to engage with people, um, what we think people think about us, and then certainly around our 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 will, our our ability to to create decision making that yeah. is not dependent upon the wound. The wound actually will impact the way we make the decisions that we have. And certainly we all know that our wounding impacts our emotions. So, you know, what happens when we, when we, when we're, when we're stuck in these painful stories is that the story begins to drive our lives. And, Mm -hmm. and, and so sometimes it becomes so, um, impactful that we don't even recognize anymore that the painful story has now become our identity. And so the shifting from that painful story is so important because what happens is that it puts us in a position to be able to um, recognize that we are not uh, unidimensional because the story will have us so focused on this is who I am, this is, and the truth is that that story sort of puts you in bondage. So it's not really the totality of you so that you could live in more fullness or more expansiveness. It it becomes um, the, the, the one thing that you're focusing on. So you're aligning everything else in your life around that. And so the shifting allows you to really experience your truth. In a, in a bigger sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so Absolutely. forgiveness, forgiveness allows for that, but it is not an easy, uh, it's not an easily one space because everything that we experience on a daily basis, we're more um, indoctrinated with connecting with our wounds as opposed to reaching for forgiveness. And oh, that's a word. Right that is the word right there. Yes. Yeah. So my work is to really shift that to get people to recognize that building a relationship with forgiveness, and and I mean a relationship, thinking about it, you know, being curious about what it would be like to have forgiveness sort of be the story that you're functioning from, as opposed to the wound story, you know, and um, allowing people to just in, engage some of those things, audition some of those thoughts, build a relationship around it, be curious about what forgiveness can do for you, as opposed mm-hmm. to just being enslaved to the painful story and operating from the wound. Yeah. Oh, operating from the wound. And I think I think that operating from the wound is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Even, even I feel like the broader conversation is starting to acknowledge that because mm-hmm. even social media, I'll see memes where it says, or posts where it says things like um, heal so you can hear what's being said, right? Like 
if you're operating from your wound, you may hear some additional value or language or meaning on what someone is saying versus being able to hear and receive what they're saying. And so I love that you talk about that because I feel like that is a part of forgiveness that we don't even think about. When we Uh think about forgiveness, we think about like letting go and letting God, like all the little, you know, euphemisms and phrases that people say, but the concreteness, the weightiness of the work that's done around it, I feel like sometimes is fleeting. Um, and it is. Uh, what I think that people don't understand and what I'm hoping to, you know, eradicate on a very large scale is mm-hmm. uh, helping people to understand that we're either going to live in the wound culture right? And there's so much of that there. Or Mm. or we're going to recognize that forgiveness in and of itself is its own culture, right? Mm. And and so there are pieces of it that we need to really acknowledge. Um, For example, um, when people uh, are forgiven, most people report feeling um, lighter, feeling um, unbound, feeling like they can breathe again. You know, there are a whole lot of physiological symptoms that people will report having once they have forgiven and rightly so because mm-hmm. forgiveness impacts you you uh, in an emotional sense, in a physical sense, in a spiritual sense. So just think about that, um, you know, in a relational sense, of course. Um, but just think about that. If there is a story in your life that is a painful story, and that story has the capacity to, um, that story has the capacity to uh, wrap itself around your emotions, your relationships, the way that you engage or even think spiritually, right? And mm. your physicality, right? Um, there, there is something that's so important to, to, to um, focus on in the space of forgiveness. You know, I mean, you can Google, anyone can Google, which is why I don't really spend a whole lot of time talking about this, you <laughs> yeah. know, um, forgiveness and health, right? Yeah. You see yeah. a whole lot of things come up about, you know, how it decreases blood pressure and decreases um, uh, depression and increases yeah you know, feelings of well-being. And, you know, there's so much out there on that that I don't bother to touch that because that that is something that's available. But forgiveness is not an intellectual exercise. Right? Say that again, please. It is not an intellectual exercise. It is also, Deanna, not a negotiation. Mm-hmm. It, is, it, is, it is a life imperative that we have whittle down to a negotiation. Yeah. What do you think negotiations look like around forgiveness? Because Mm. I feel like that kind of touches on like some concepts and ideas and things that we attach to it Mm -hmm. to facilitate those negotiations. So what what does that look like to negotiate forgiveness? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, when we find ourselves faced with a forgiveness project, which is a painful space in the world, mm-hmm. um, you know, we really sit back and we have a lot of rules, whether we recognize it or not, around how or if 
mm-hmm. we are going to assign forgiveness to that particular situation, mm-hmm. right? And so some people, the rules that they will apply are rules based on if they actually had any kind of acculturation in their homes around forgiveness, or if it was just absent, right? In in essence, what I'm saying is that if your parents forgave each other or forgave you a certain way in your home during your developmental years, if you haven't made an intention to have a forgiveness practice of your own in your life, Mm. you're basically operating on those early um, exposures to forgiveness, right? And so um, sometimes in a home, you know, there's a three strikes and you're out rule, right? Yeah. And so some people yeah. may say, okay, in my negotiating, I'm going to give them two more two more times to do this and then they're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or you can just say, I'm not going to forgive that because that is unforgivable. Yeah. That is that is the danger space of forgiveness when we just decide that we're not going to forgive at all because what we're essentially saying without knowing it is that I am going to tether myself. I'm going to hold on to this story because what we're trying to do is hold on to the pieces of ourselves that we we felt that we knew that we were before being hurt. And we're still trying to protect that person from the the, the past in a sense that yes. it, if that makes That's any it. sense. It's a very sort of complicated way of considering ourselves when we're faced with a forgiveness project, but um, we, we sort of want to time travel and then cover ourselves in that space. That's hoping, it, yeah. Right? And so we hold on to that part of ourselves thinking, I I have to do this because if I don't do this, then I open myself up to having this kind of thing happen to me again in the future. And Mm. so, you know, it's sort of a a, a positioning that fossilizes us around a painful story instead of allowing us to engage with forgiveness in Mm. a way that frees us to be able to create more stories and not to forget that the painful thing happened to us, but to, to reference it and not reside in that space. Right. That's a word in and of itself to Mm -hmm. reference it and not reside in it, which you kind of mentioned earlier about your, um, your wound identity, Mm -hmm. right? Like we, it becomes, you know, if it gets so big, it really becomes part of our identity of who we are. Right. And and then when we negotiate it, when we feel like we can negotiate like that, and there's so many other reasons that we negotiate too, but let's just hold on to those for now and say that when we negotiate forgiveness, we're also negotiating our healing, right? Mm, yeah. And, and, and we're, we're saying, no, no, I'm going to hold on to the me that, that was, you know, not wounded. Or yes, Doctor McDowell. Right, and then yes. we we move into this space where we don't acknowledge that wounds do happen, but so does healing. If that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah, it does, and I love that because when you are holding on to the right, right, or that part of the negotiation that I will not forgive this, what also stays with you, if I'm hearing you correctly 
is the wound. Is that is correct. The part that is unhealed or broken that or offended or bruised. That is correct. Oh that correct. So we hold on to these wounds and we, we, we don't become curious about them because, you know, part of healing is about also being curious about what the future has to hold. Healing is a forward process, right? It's an advancement. But when we hold on to the wound, there is no space to advance. We're saying, this is who I am. This is my story now. This is what my life is going to be from here on out. And what a a horrible uh, predicament to allow us to embrace for ourselves because we are created to grow. We are created to create. But when we stay in an unforgiving space, or as I like to call it, an unfair giving space, because at the core of unforgiveness is fear. Um, but if we Ooh. if we stay if we stay in bondage to that, we we don't get to know who we are fully. And forgiveness teaches you about who you are, things about yourself that you did not know you could do or that you could be, right? Forgiveness reveals more of who you are. Right, right. Mm -hmm. My goodness, it reveals more of who you are because more of you can be more open and transparent because you're healed. You're not carrying the unforgiveness. Well, that's right. And because you recognize like what, I had the ability to overcome this or that, then what else am I capable of doing that I didn't know that I could do, right? Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, we become a new version of ourselves, right? Mm. This this version of ourselves that, you know, not that this is why we would do it, but that becomes more admirable to everyone around you because all of a sudden, it's not that you're discounting your pain, but you are you are broadening yourself around it. You're still giving your wound and the, the historical event that caused the pain, the respect that it deserves. Right. But you're not, you're not, you're not sort of dying or dead before you're dead, if I could say that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Some people sort of, they they die in the space and then all they're doing is sort of like marking time until they their physical death catches up with the place that they decided to sort of die. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I love that because I know just even from the work that I was done and just in emotional intelligence, people do get stuck and there's a part of you that never evolves that never goes beyond that stuck place so I love that you use that word there and I know that there are listeners that are you know saying that you don't know what happened to me you don't know what they did to me and I'm hoping that you all are able to hear how Dr. McDalia spoke to that because you can still give it the respect that it deserves, mm-hmm. but it can be a reference point. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be somewhere where you reside, where you right. stay, where you set up your life at to live from this place of brokenness or office. You may be justified in feeling the way that you're feeling, but you don't have to remain there. And so I'm hoping that if you're in that place, that you start to unpack that and mm-hmm. just 
go bit by bit committing to, you know, really operating from forgiveness. And I, I don't know if there's anything tangible that you can speak to about starting the path to forgiveness, because I know that there are some people that like, they want to forgive. Yes. But yes, they're not quite sure how. So what would that first step look like to operating in forgiveness? So, so it, the question that people ask me all the time in this work that I do is, how do I forgive? Yeah. And so um, I, I always have to sort of deliver the bad news with that. And that is that I can't tell you how to forgive because forgiving is just as distinct as your fingerprint, right? Ooh, okay. Everyone has their own, their, their own fingerprint identity around forgiveness. Okay. And, and so um, it, it is in that sense, miraculous, right? Mm-hmm. Because you maybe give your begin your forgiveness journey um, because you woke up and it was a beautiful sunrise and and something inside of you just said it's okay to let go, right? Mm. And I may have seen you know a commercial on television or I went to a conference or I was having you know um, a a devotional moment. And something there sparked that. So I just want to lay that as the foundation before I move on with that, that it is as unique as your fingerprint, right? So I like to call it fingerprint forgiveness movement. Mm. That's it. Um, so, So, okay. So now that we have said that, let me just say that it starts with actually being willing to surrender tightness around the idea of forgiveness, right? Mm, Some people are so tightly bound to the rules that they have about forgiveness that they don't feel like they could surrender even a thought to actually doing it, right? And so, so I want to say that if you could begin to think of what would your definition of forgiveness be? That could begin to develop a relationship with forgiveness, right? So there's so many definitions that people have. So when I first started this work, I didn't have my own definition of forgiveness. I was so busy reading books and articles and, you know, things Mm, like that, just kind of figure out, well, what is the definition of forgiveness? But, you know, then I, I would look for a definition and then I would have some kind of, um, some kind of, ease around the definition, like, okay, that's, that's a definition I could embrace. But then as, as I started to move forward and as the years went by, I recognized that no one's definition for forgiveness is going to be as important as my own definition. And that's so, right. Yeah. Cause you have I, to look right. Right. Because if actually doing forgiveness is a fingerprint experience, then my understanding of it should be that way too, shouldn't it? Right. And so I started creating definitions for forgiveness um, and I continue to do that. And I'd like to share some um, just a few definitions. I have more definitions than I can count. 
But I, but, oh, but people that are listening, I really want to encourage you sit down and think about what forgiveness means to you, not to your pastor, not to your mother, not yeah. to your brother, husband, or sister, or children, but just to you. Quiet yourself and think about it. And let me tell you some of the quiet understandings of forgiveness that have come to me because forgiveness is alive. And it wants to be in relationship with us. That is one definition, right? It is alive and it wants to be in relationship with us. And what happens in any relationship, people begin to reveal more and more and more of themselves over time. Is that not true? That is very true. Right? So forgiveness has revealed to me uh, many definitions, as I said, and here's another one. To forgive is to die a thousand productive deaths only to be resurrected into a newness of self-knowledge and strength of character through the divine gift of mercy. So when we forgive, we die to the persons that we were before, but we're resurrected to a new version of ourselves that has more character, more strength. And that is because of the gift of divine mercy. So another one is that forgiveness is the antidote to terminal woundedness, because if we don't choose to forgive, we're choosing terminal woundedness, right? Yeah. And, and, and that is not something that we want for ourselves. And then of course, another is that forgiveness is the tax return on the high cost of wounding, right? Mm. So when you invest in forgiving, right, you get back a reward for all of that to forgive is to pay for something, right? And so you get back a return on that by the peace that you get, the ability to be more expansive and so on. And then forgiveness is the most courageous form of self-care. And people don't think of it that way, but it, it is, it is. It that. is, it is. And it's, it's, it's that, deeper type of self-care because I talk about self-care a lot just in my speeches, in my trainings, even on this show. And when I talk about self-care, one of the characteristics of it is that it fills you, like it fills your cup. It does. It rejuvenates you. How much more does operating and standing in forgiveness Feel your cup. Like I, 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 and I say that having to have gone through this journey a bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be able to forgive because growing up, going through foster care and just mm-hmm. even coming in contact with the child welfare system, mm-hmm. it is like, it's almost like a battle. You don't come away from it without a contusion, without a bruise, without having to forgive Sure. People in the system, your family, even yourself, right? Because sometimes when we think about forgiveness, you can forgive other people, but how often do you forgive yourself? That is true, Deanna. And and I am sure that you probably know people in the foster care system who did not decide that they would uh, engage in any kind of forgiveness. And I'm sure that you have seen those people really stuck in depression, um, anger, um, and they may take on all kinds of 
other ways to address yeah. their woundedness, right? Like yes, absolutely. use and, oh, we could just go on and on and on with the ways that we try to heal ourselves through different vices. And yeah. I can just say that nothing that we can try to do to forgive ourselves, uh, to, not to forgive ourselves, but to heal ourselves will be as impactful as the work that we would do and the the struggle that we will allow ourselves to take on um, than, than forgiveness. But I also want to encourage, Deanna, your, your listeners to consider not only developing your own fingerprint definition for forgiveness, but also to engage in something that I call micro forgiveness. And that is an opportunity for you to work on small, very personal forgiveness, self-care projects, right? So um, I'm sure that you've heard people say things like, um, you know, um, man, I was so dumb. Like, why did I say that? Or, you know, if I didn't have any bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all, you know? Yes. Right. And, and, And we, we have a lot of negative, uh, thinking too, right? A lot mm-hmm. of negative self-talk. And sometimes instead of recognizing that that is something that I could say, hey, you know, you're thinking this right now, but you're really better than that. Allow yourself mm-hmm. to disconnect from that right now. You know, mm-hmm. give yourself a moment of grace. You're only human. Things happen, right? You know, forgiveness mm-hmm. can sound like a lot of things. You don't have to say, I forgive you for having that negative thought and I forgive right. you. You know, it's it's not right. as 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 it doesn't have such hard edges. Yeah. Like, right. But it's it's really allowing ourselves to just be more aware of the fact that, wow. You know, I didn't think about myself very well in that moment, you know, mm, yeah, and, and, yeah. and if you're, if you're a spiritual person, if you're a, a person of faith, you may say, Lord, help me with that. I, 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 I don't want to have that kind of thought process. It isn't helping me mm-hmm. be, you know, uh, 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 someone that really embraces being fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. You know? So, um, that is another thing too, to engage in micro forgiveness. Now you may not be ready to forgive yeah. someone that hurt you. I, you know, and so you said before, you know, that people may say, well, you don't know what they did to me. Right. I don't. Right. And, and the truth is that forgiveness, we heal at different rates. That's why yes. everyone doesn't go into the hospital and they, they come out on day one and leave on day four, like clockwork, right? We heal at different rates. But what Mm -hmm. I can tell you, what I can tell you is that we are um, from our original design, right? If you're thinking Mm -hmm. with a faith-based mindset, from our original design, we were created as forgiving machines, right? Mm. Because when we get cut, we expected our bodies to forgive us by healing, didn't we? Right. That's good. That's great example. I love that. <laughs> right. And so, you know, um, uh, their kids, they talk about broken bones, but, you know, they're 50 and they're saying they're talking about it in the past. They still don't have that broken bone. What I'm simply saying is that we have that same capacity emotionally right? But we, we have to be more intentional with that. And it isn't magic. It's intention, right? Intention. That's- I love that word. Like the way that 
that has crept into even my vernacular, like my being mm-hmm. is just moving with intentionality and just thinking and even holding space that you can be intentional in your forgiveness as well. Like that, and that perpetuates resilience, honestly, right. because like uh, what I was saying earlier is that when you start to link that with self-care as you start to really build that, mm-hmm. that is the cornerstone for resilience. And so all the time people ask me like, how did you get through that? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I always tell them, yes, it was resilience. But if I can go a step further, that was based, that is even built on rather cultivating self-care, learning mm-hmm. how to build Deanna so she can be resilient to withstand the storm and then get back in the battle. And so being able to hold space for the intentional work of forgiveness as part of your self-care definitely goes along that journey into you guys being resilient and uh, going after and achieving the things that you want to do. Um, this has been so amazing. I want to have you back because I have so many questions and so many thoughts that I am wanting to be disciplined um, and, and finishing out the show. But I wanted to know if there was anything that you could leave my listeners with on how they can stay motivated mm. to stay in the fight, right? Mm. To stay doing the intentional work around forgiveness. What would that be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. And I I really think that it would be about recognizing that where you are now is not the whole story. Mm, that's it's, it. I love it's it. It's not the whole story. It's just part of it. But yeah. it, it and even if you stay there, it's not the whole story. It's just sort of um, a deepening into a way of thinking that will keep you you bound. Um, and there's so much more to discover about yourself. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for sharing this with us. I love to bring things and aspects of life that help to boister and foster our ability to be resilient. So I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much. I'm and I so wanted to give you the opportunity to list anything that you're working on now and where people could connect with you if they wanted to learn more about uh, operating in res- uh, forgiveness and participating in what you have to offer. Yeah. So um, I am working on a really big project right now. It is called the Wonderful Women's Project. And mm-hmm. it is taking women from a place of just uh, um, being in woundedness and just looking at that as a whole story to recognizing that you can be a more wonderful version of yourself, but that may not be without recognizing that the wound is there. So we don't discount the story. We include the story in the journey, hence the name Wonderful. Mm. And so it's going to be a two-day event. Uh, it's going to be in Campion, Ohio, which is just an hour and a half outside of Columbus, Ohio at mm-hmm. Salt Fork, um, Salt Fork Lodge, which is in Salt Fork Park. Uh, and, um, 
Yeah, it's in Camden. Did I say Campion? It's Camden, Ohio. And um, it's going to be two days of really digging into looking at creating healing spaces, shifts, growth, and connection with um, other women who are moving in that direction. Now, it's not just for women who are in maybe an unexpected space of woundedness or for women who um, are deep in the crucible of it or who are still kind of making sense, maybe on on a less in a less acute spacing of it. It's for women who really are looking to transition in their lives, you know, one thing mm. about us as women is that we're always growing, whether we're reproducing mm. people or whether we're, you know, writing brave new stories or whether we're taking care of people and, um, you know, sort of uh, sacrificing parts of our being. The purpose of this conference is to bring women together in a space where we can acknowledge that we all have it. We're not going to hide. But we're also going to look at being curious about the wound and growing beyond it. And so that mm. is the Wonderful Women's Conference experience. Um, again, it's going to be on October 28th through 20, 27th through 29th. Um, and uh, I, I would love to come on again and share more information about that and where can people uh, find out about it. Um, we are getting ready to uh, put the, all the information out about the conference this month. And okay. so um, if if possible, I'd love to come on and share that again, because absolutely. Um, we need this. We need this. Mm. This is a passion project for me to really very gently and very kindly move women into a place of deeper self-discovery. Mm. Yeah. And we know that, uh, you know, like Beyonce said, you know, women run the world. And so, yes, <laughs> and so just making sure that we are, you know, operating from a place of strength, as I like to say, is just tantamount in so many different things and aspects of life. So thank you so much, Dr. Medallia. I so appreciate you for being on. And I want to give your website just so that people, you know, if they want to track with you, if they want to kind of stay connected with what you're doing and see your offerings, because you have so much going on. You've actually had some amazing uh, educational programs and seminars. Uh, she has the Forgive Ucation series, which she yes. spoke, spoke on earlier, the 490 Initiative, mm -hmm. um, the Art of Forgiveness. She has the Forgiveness Feast, which we talked on, um, creating a culture of forgiveness, hiding out loud, exploring the impact of personal value in a selfie culture. My God, that just sounds like a show all of its own. Um, and then there's a sexual integrity series, Pornified, how pornography is impacting our brains and transforming society. Uh, there's so many things. I encourage you all just to check her out. Her email is greenbraininnovations with a Z at yahoo.com. So greenbraininnovations with a Z at yahoo.com. Thank you so much, Dr. McDowell. I so appreciate you. Uh, this is your girl, Deanna J. Speak, signing off, and we will see you again. Yours in resilience. We're on this journey together. Take it easy.